0: Welcome to Circle 3 Cowboy Fellowship's podcast. We are patriots, unafraid and unashamed to speak the truth and spread the gospel. Today's message is from Gary Lear. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody. Is it hot enough for you? No? Oh, you guys are from down south. You don't count. (laughs) So we got a few announcements, if you, uh, let's see, if you're interested in t-shirts, Linda is putting together a, uh, what do I keep hearing over here, dinged, yeah, Linda's putting together a t-shirt order, so uh, long sleeve t-shirts, short sleeve t-shirts, make sure you get your name in with her, I think they're 10 bucks for a short sleeve, 15 bucks for a long sleeve, She's going to be submitting that order this week, so if you're interested in t-shirts, see Linda Black. Uh, Barrel Racing Mondays is still continuing, so this Monday night at 7.30 there will be a barrel racing here at the church. Uh, You need to see Jonathan or Mike Goodman. Team Roping Clinic with Blue Allen, that starts uh, this coming weekend, and it will run July 17th, 18th, and 19th. I think she's still got some room. So if you're interested, it is for sure going to happen. I think she's got enough people now to make it happen. So uh, if you're interested in that, see Gene Seymour on the Team Roping Clinics. Um, We've got a Sheffield event here on Wednesday night, the 22nd. That'll be the Montrose County Roping, and uh, that'll be in lieu of the fair roping since they're not doing it out at the fairgrounds, and so that'll be here on Wednesday evening. I think her start time will probably be around 6 or 6.30 on that. Ladies' Bible study in the church on Wednesday mornings at 9.30 is still continuing. Mustang Milestones is coming up. That is Saturday, August 8th. And you know, I vaguely remember Diane talking to me about that. And I saw it this morning and I thought, I don't even know what this event is. And uh, the fact that uh, I don't know what everything is I like here, that means the church has taken on a life of its own and things are happening without... Uh, without me being involved in every little aspect of it. But Miles, uh, Mustang Milestones is going to be a show, right, here at the church, and that's going to be all the Mustangs that have been part of this program for the past couple years, three years. So uh, it'll be interesting. You'll get to see these, these are wild Mustangs that they have adopted out and that these people have worked and trained, and they've got them to where they'll do all kinds of things. And so that's coming up on August 8th. Uh, what time does that start, Diane. In the evening or morning? Okay, 8.30 in the morning. Okay, great. Uh, If you have silent auction items that you've not yet picked up, we've got a few things left on the table back there. Please make sure you get those. Um, We need to get that stuff decluttered back there. If anything up here in the uh, lost and found leftover from camp belongs to you, your children, your neighbor's children, or anybody that you know, Please take it. Otherwise, it's going to, I think, Goodwill or someplace like that this week as well. So uh, we need to get rid of all of that stuff too. Uh, let's see. The garden team is still looking for uh, tomato cages. So if you have the meat So we're not looking anymore. Big Jim? They'll work. Okay. I think we've got that handled. Okay, sounds good. Uh, ladies Boom, uh, Boom, Zoom, Ladies Boom, Boom Zoom Study, Zoom Bible Study, uh, they've moved it to Tuesday nights, so it will be this Tuesday night starting at 6.30 p.m. and run until about 8 o'clock. Coffee mugs, if you're new to the church, we want to make sure you get your coffee mug, And if we have any kids that need to go with Linda, now would be the time to do that. And She'll have a lesson for you. Sit down, Kelly. You're kind of short, but you're not that short. All right. All right. So, uh... From, uh, one week to the next, I never really know what the Lord is going to do with my service. I thought last week that I would kind of pick up where I left off with, uh, some of this in-time study that we've been talking about, and I sat down this morning to start putting it together, and the Holy Spirit just wasn't giving me the words, uh. I think the time will come where he will give me the words to pick that up again. But for, for today, apparently, he had something else in mind. And uh, I, th- I feel like what what I wanted to talk about today is mostly just encouragement to the church, to you guys. Uh, we have had a hectic summer. Is anybody tired? Okay. Uh, put both hands down, Cindy. Our schedule has been busy, but you guys, when we, uh, when we started the church, we had no clue what we were doing. And as I learn, as we've gone through this summer, there's still a lot of things we don't have any clue what we're doing on, but we're learning as we go. We had no clue when we started how to do a camp for 78 kids and 51 horses, but we figured it out. Now we know how to do a camp for 71 kids, 58 horses, but if I know God, next year it'll be 140 kids and 75 horses. So it seems like we're constantly being pushed. At some point, Linda, wherever she, because I know when I said that, she probably passed out out there. Our facilities will only handle so much. I, I have been anti-putting a cap on the number because I don't want to turn any kid away. But at some point in time, our facilities will only handle so much. So we'll have to figure out where that, where that uh, cap is. But um, for now, I don't really want to think much more about camp. But there's a lot of things that we're still learning. Every time we do it, we learn. We didn't have a clue. This church has only been here, this is our fourth summer. Uh, so we're halfway through our fourth summer of being in this building on this facility. And things are constantly changing and, and uh, improving. And we're, we're doing more and more all the time. And uh, I think that's what God intended when we built the place. Uh, he gave us a vision when we started the church. Actually, John Coe helped with our vision. Uh, John down in Texas has been my mentor and, and uh, supported us on getting this thing started. And he is a planner. John is. When he when he sat down to plan his church, he put it all out on paper. Exactly how he wanted his church to look. I mean, he planned what the experience of going to church was going to look like. He, he almost scripted it. Um, any of you who know me know I'm not that organized. There's no way that I could put all of that together and, and, and think that far in advance, but John did, and and his church is has become exactly what he scripted it to be, and it's, that's a great thing. For me, I was a little more broad sweeping. Uh, we went to uh, probably four years ago, roughly five, something like that. We bought tickets from the Millsap kids for the 4-H barbecue, and uh, we went down to Friendship Hall, I think it was July, something like that, when we did it, whenever it was. And as we walked through the line, I remember looking out across Friendship Hall, and there was probably 600 people, maybe 700 people from this community who are involved in agriculture, who are part of our cowboy culture. And as I looked out, the Lord said, there's your church. Go get them. Figure out how to get this group to come to your church, and you'll have your cowboy church. And uh, we've been working at that. Yesterday, we might have hit it. We had estimated 600 people on this property yesterday. 600 people. They they and I don't know who all the they's were I know Diane Ernest and, and Janie and, and all the ladies uh, uh, Doris and all the ladies that were part of the concessions group. They served and sold over 400 snow cones yesterday. 400 snow I, I had I had four gallons of syrup that I bought with our snow cone machine, and we're about out already. Uh, Children, lots of children, and 101 degree temperatures are the recipe for selling snow cones, just in case you ever want to get into that business. They did almost $2,000 worth of concession sales yesterday. Yes. So the the church is becoming what God... put it in my mind and envisioned, and and we're seeing it come to fruition, and and we're seeing it because of all the hard work that you guys are willing to do, and I thank you for that, and I want to continue to encourage you for that, and for those of you who are new to us, I I want to share with you the reason why we do the things that we do, and I want to go to Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and in the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age this is known as the Great Commission this took place as Jesus was about to ascend back to heaven he'd been crucified Spent three days in the grave, rose, spent about another 40 days here on earth, tying up so, so-called loose ends maybe to his ministry, and now he's, he's there on the Mount of Olives and he's ready to ascend into heaven, and he leaves us this, with this great commission. Now, I want you to think for a moment. If you were about to leave this earth, if you were on your deathbed, what would be the last thing you wanted to say to your loved ones? There's a country song that goes something like don't forget to feed Jake. Would you be thinking about your dog and who's going to feed him? Well, I guess if your dog means that much to you maybe you would. But what would, you, what would be the last thing that you would want to say? you left. I would tend to think that it would probably, hopefully be the most profound thoughts and words that you've ever had in your life. You would want to leave your loved ones with something that meant something to you. Maybe keep looking up. Watch for Jesus. No matter what you do on earth, you need to live for Jesus. Maybe that would be what it would be. Maybe it would be something else. But it would be something of great importance to you, I would think. It would be for me. Shoot, I leave guys on the job site, and I think of the most important things that I can tell them for the day. Don't do this. Don't do this. When Dale used to work for me, I would say, whatever you do, make sure Dale keeps working. That was important to me. Jesus was getting ready to ascend. He had spent 32 years roughly of here on earth building a ministry, building a church. Longest lasting church in history because we're still part of that same church. The church being the body of Christ. He set it up. His kingdom was set up here. And it was important to him. And he was leaving it in the hands of not only the 12 disciples but roughly the 400 followers that were there that day. And so the most profound thing that he could say was this, and he started with, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's a lot of authority, folks. When you consider that God created the heavens and the earth, God created everything, he's telling us that all authority over creation has been given to me. The reason he told us that was not to say, because I'm your boss and you do what I say. That's not what he was saying. That's what I say when I leave the job site. Watch Dale because I said so and I'm the boss. Poor Dale, he's getting, I, well, we're not broadcasting online so he wouldn't be, he's getting picked on and he lives in Tulsa, Oklahoma now. We miss Dale. I do miss Dale. But Jesus is saying, all authority has been given unto me, so now go forth and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. So basically, he's saying, take what I started and go with it. All authority has been given unto me, and I assure you, if you do this, I will be with you every step of the way. Now, I've just taken that scripture and I've kind of put it into a a simpler translation. He's saying that I have the authority to see that you're successful. How would you like somebody to come along and guarantee your success? That would be pretty good. You know, I have had two or three now different Nashville recording projects that I've been involved in. I've had two different contracts, I've been signed with a couple different record labels. And every time I go down there, oh, they paint such a big picture of what success will look like with this project because they want me to spend money. And it cost a lot of money to put down an album. This little album that we've got back here cost $8,000 to produce. And they always come and they tell you how how wonderful it's going to be and, oh, this song's a hit and that song's a hit and this is going to be great. And but never once, never once have they ever guaranteed me that it would happen. They didn't say, come down here and spend $8,000 on this record, and we will guarantee you a number one single off of it. I wish they would. We will guarantee that you'll sell a million copies. I wish they would. Nobody ever guarantees anything like that at all. They say, come down and spend our, your money with us. We'll make you an album and good luck. That's kind of the way the world works, isn't it? We'll do what we can do for you, but good luck. Jesus is telling us that by all authority, if you go out and you do what he says and follow his commandments and teach others, he will be with you to the very end of the age. He is guaranteeing our success. That's not something that we get much in, in life today as a guaranteed success. But here at Circle 3, we're seeing it happen. We are doing what I believe the Great Commission calls us to do. A lot of churches don't do this, folks. A lot of churches in town today, not only in town but just around the country, cater to their own. You come in on Sunday, and they greet you, and they tell you how wonderful you are, and they've got programs within the church to cater to you, and they want to make you feel good about your experience, and and I'm not saying that there's a thing wrong with any of that. The problem is, they fail to take this and run with it, because this isn't talking about catering to your own. This is going out and sharing the gospel, making disciples of all nations, everybody, opening your doors to everybody. Everybody. And creating programs for everybody that will get them to know Jesus I think see I think Jesus has given us a broader brush to paint with than just here take now you take your church of 50 and you make sure that they're happy well I want to see that you guys are happy but I also want you guys to help me take this message to the entire community and beyond if it comes to that because that's what you were called to do I'm not the only one with a calling here. God called me to preach. Okay, God, after all these years, I'll finally give in and do it. Not happy about it, but I'll do it. But this Great Commission is not just for preachers and teachers and church leaders. It's for you. If you consider yourself a believer, if you consider yourself someone who is following Jesus, the Great Commission is for you. So here at Circle 3, we want to give you a platform to fulfill your great commission. And yesterday, I watched a group of people do just that. Perhaps your platform is shaving ice and making ices or snow cones. Well, Diane, that might be your platform, and you did a great job, and we gave you the opportunity to serve Jesus in that capacity. She's back there shaking her heads. I don't think she likes the ice machine. If your platform is putting head wraps on steers and letting them out of a chute, then Wes, by all means, do it for Jesus, because we'll give you the opportunity. Or Hank, if your platform is taking a hot shot and running it up under a calf's tail, there you go, buddy. Do it for Jesus. Whatever it may be, that's what we're here for. So that we can get 600 people onto this property, and out of that 600, we had several of them in church this morning. It stayed over. We did. Now, whether they'll ever come back, I don't know. They might not have liked what I had to say. I don't know. Maybe they didn't like Jan singing. I think they liked Jan singing. But we planted the seed. We let the community know we're here. And you know this summer we have managed to do that. Somebody said... Well, surely next year camps won't be near as big because all the rest of the camps will be open. But by the way, I have, to, I have to correct something. We were not the only rodeo Bible camp on the Western Slope. Rifle Bible, Rifle uh, Cowboy Church had their Bible camp too. Matter of fact, it ended the day ours began. So uh, there was another one that went on. But my question is this. I think I can make the statement we're the only free Bible camp on the Western Slope. Now that people know who we are, Do you think they'll pay $200 to send their kids to a camp, or do you think they'll send them, if it was me, I'd send them to the free camp? So I don't think that next year we're going to be let off the hook and be smaller. Just saying. But that's okay because that's how we fulfill this. That's part of how we do this. We get folks to come here in the hopes that we can get them to make a commitment for Jesus, get them baptized, and put a name up there. That's what that is. There's about, Donnie, 84 84 up there now in just a few years. That's not because of us, guys. That's because all authority has been given to us to share the gospel. And Jesus, with all of his authority, has promised to be here with us every step of the way. And that's proof that he is. That has nothing to do with us being good singers or preachers or good cattle prodders or whatever the case may be. That's just what we do to get them here. Jesus is the one that speaks to hearts. And that's all him. That's what our goal here is. You know, a couple years ago, we went to Cowboy Church University down in in John's Church in Texas, and we were holding the the classes down there. One of our people from the Wesleyan denomination, Isaac Smith, came. He started a Cowboy Church now up in Nebraska, but he was the district superintendent of that area, And uh, he's also one of the Wesleyan uh, advisory board members. So he's one of the highest-ranking men in the denomination. Not the district, but the denomination. And he stood up in that camp, and he said, I want you guys to know, as cowboy pastors in the Wesleyan church, you have it on the highest authority of the church. Short of breaking the law, and I wonder why why he throws that in amongst cowboy preachers. But he says, short of breaking the law, we will support you in anything you can do to see lives saved for jesus in other words we're not telling you you have to follow our discipline to a t or we're not saying this is how you have to do it or it has to look like this short of breaking the law so i got our district superintendent side the other here a while about about a year or so ago and i said well isaac told us as short of breaking the law we do whatever yeah yeah that's right okay great i said uh We're going to start serving alcohol and marijuana because that's legal in Colorado and we'll get a whole new group of people onto the property with that, I guarantee. I was joking of course. I was just wanting to test the waters a little bit. But that's what we're here for. You know, as I looked out there yesterday, I came over the hill and I could see this field back over here was full of trailers. Packed full of trailers. This parking lot was packed full. The lawn had canopies and lawn chairs and people. It was covered. And as I popped up over the hill, I thought, okay, this is what we had in mind. Out of the 600 people that were roughly, and I'm just using that number, that were here, we had a few that trickled in this morning and maybe they'll come back and maybe they won't we planted seeds. The community knows we're here now after the events that we've had and I'm convinced. I, and, and I heard uh, a statistic and I've tried to find that statistic. it was back when I was in Bible college and it stuck in my mind. Focus on the family is the one that came out with it. And I went back through the, some of their archives. Of course, I was in Bible college 20 years ago, so it's been a while to try to find that statistic again. But the statistic was this. Every family will experience some type of Major event every five years. Now, a major event can be can be tragedy. Uh, It can be relocation. It can be buying a new car. For some, is a major event. It can be an auto accident. It can be an illness. But whatever the, it can be a birth of a new child. Whatever the case may be. On the average in this country, at least back 20 years ago, every family would experience some type of life-altering event every five years. If we plant seeds, it may take five years for some families to have an event that makes them think, wait a minute. We need to make a change in our life. We need to find Jesus. But if we've planted the seed, this will be the place they come. And we're seeing that play out. We've got families that are here now that have started coming because of our gymkhanas that we did several years ago or our camps that we've done several years ago. We see a lot of the same kids now coming back to our camps and the same families, and and the only times we're seeing them may be at camp time. I'm hoping that the day will come where they say, you know what, we need a life-changing event. We need to get, Circle 3 will be their home. We're planting those seeds. That's what we're here to do. Whatever it takes, short of breaking the law, and I'm okay with bending the law. Just Just so you know. But I want to uplift this church because you guys do this very well. And we have a group of people who have busted their guts this summer to see to that that this is happening. But I want to invite the rest of you, if you are not actively participating, this is what this is for. This is an opportunity for you to do something for Jesus right here. And as we go into our next year and as we're planning our next year, we're constantly learning We're learning how to do this camp thing better. We're learning how to do all of this stuff better. There is going to be more and more opportunity, and the board and I are going to be meeting in the near future about how we can better organize, and the lay pastors are going to come into this, and we're going to figure out how we can better organize these events because I'll be honest with you. I've got certain people in the church that have worked so hard this year. I'm seriously concerned for them. You know, if we burn out, if we work ourselves too hard and burn out, the ministry will fail. So we've got to be able to delegate more. Many hands make light work of much. And so I want to encourage you guys and lift you up to do that. We've all got a Great Commission call on our lives. And this is a place for you to fulfill that. I think, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I don't have to be Jesus when it comes Judgment Day. I'm just glad I don't. But... I hope that I don't have to stand before him and explain to him why I didn't follow the Great Commission call. I I guarantee I won't because it's very important to me. I will. I'm afraid there are others who are in churches around this community and around this country who come in and they hold down the same spot in the pew that they've held down for 15 years and they go through the motions and they give their tithes and they do this and they do that, but they really don't do anything to fulfill their Great Commission call. I wonder what it's going to be like when Jesus asks them, what have you done for me? I'm not saying that'll keep them out of heaven. I'm not saying it. I, I just, I don't want to be there. <laughs> I want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Come on in. Your cabin is waiting. I don't want a mansion, just a cabin. Cute cabin. Another thing that I did want to bring up, because I do preach a lot about our end times. I believe we're steamrolling towards them, as I said. I believe that there will come a time where God will, God will pour out his wrath upon this earth. Uh, without a doubt. But I see things that come up in, in, in on uh, different conversations and different questions get asked of me. And I wanted to clarify this, too, while I was just kind of taking the time to, to, to thank you guys for all you do. We are steamrolling towards the end. I have no clue when it's really going to hit. You know, the Bible gives us those timelines like we talked about last week. You know, there's a period of seven years, and there'll be a three-and-a-half-year period in the tribulation. You know, and I think the Bible is pretty clear about all of that stuff. But what I want to focus on is the here and now, right now. We may be steamrolling towards the end, but we are not there yet. And I want to share with you the verse that comes after what I consider probably the most famous verse in the Bible. Does anyone want to take a stab at what the most famous verse is? John. You. Perfect, you got it. You remember that from camp? You bet. John three sixteen. But John 3:17 says this, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Folks, we're not living in a time of God's condemnation on the world yet. All the horrible things that are going on in this world right now, that's Satan's wrath against us. That's Satan's wrath against God's creation and it's been going on ever since the garden of Eden and it's just intensifying. But right now, we live in a time where God is not condemned. COVID-19 is not God, guys. Liberalism is not God. I can guarantee you that. We are still living in a time where God sent Jesus to save the world. So we're not in a time of condemnation yet. We are still in a time of redemption meaning there is still time between now and whenever the curtain falls for lives to be saved. That's why what we do here at Circle 3 is so important. It's important that we study these end-time scriptures. It's It's important that we look at what's going on in the world around us so that we can be prepared because it's happening. And if somebody can't see that, if if you can't watch the news and know that things have changed in the past five months, you're not paying much attention. Now's the time for redemption. If you don't know Jesus, now's the time to get on board with that. And in Circle 3, we need to make sure we're prepared to work that much harder at this Great Commission call because we are still living in a time that Jesus will redeem people, but that door is closing rapidly. It's important that we do this. It's important that we keep the pace. This church, I know we're fatigued. We're we're fatigued. All of us are fatigued. It's been a long, hot, dry summer. Just a little rain would help, Lord. Just saying. Cool it off with a little rain. You know, a few days of rain, so good slow soaking rain. That would sure, that would sure brighten brighten things up for us. But I want to encourage the church to keep the mission, keep pressing on. We've got a few more months of these events, and then things will slow down. It's what I've never, never in my life have I looked forward to Halloween as much as I'm looking forward to Halloween right now because that's usually our last major event of the year. But I want to encourage you guys to keep doing what we do for Jesus. And if you haven't been overly active, it's not because we don't want you to be. It's not that there's not a place for you. We've just got to get you plugged into the system. And we want you to know that you're that you're welcome to be a part of what we have going on here. And I encourage it. We want you to fulfill your Great Commission call, whether it's here or somewhere else. Make sure you're fulfilling that call. Let's close with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you again, Lord, for all you've done for us and for your son Jesus and what that means. Lord, I just pray. For, or thank you for this church and this congregation and this willingness of these people who are willing to go out there and to work themselves the way they do for you. Lord, I thank you for them. I just pray, Lord, that you be with us and give us the strength to continue on throughout this summer. Lord, I do pray for rain. We could sure you some rain. We just pray for that here. Lord, I pray that you be with us now as we go to our fellowship time. pray that you watch over us and keep us. pray that you bless the food to the nourishments of our bodies. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you'd like to, but you're not really sure how, please feel free to email us at circle3podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's circle, the number three, podcast at gmail.com. We would love to help you out. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and click follow. That way you never miss a message. Cowboy churches are the fastest growing in the nation, so there's sure to be one near you if you'd like to try it out. Have a great day. See you next time.